Hey everybody, it is a dreary Wednesday afternoon and uh, just got some things on my mind. I've been trying to think about what I want to record over the last several days or so. I've got some stuff that I recorded, I'm not really sure whether or not to post it. I don't even know if this will. Um, got a lot on my heart and mind, a lot of different scriptures I've been looking at and uh, kind of some thought patterns that I really need to um, extrapolate, if I can use a big <laughs> important word. Let's just speak in real terms, shall we? I just need to think about it some more, need to talk it through. And uh, just kind of unearth some things with some different studies I've been doing. I've been writing a lot lately. Um, I've got one completed, about 20-some pages that I think I might record um, and put into a series um, talking about principalities and powers and the, and the purpose of man. I found it very insightful for myself and, and um, for those that I'm in fellowship here with I believe it kind of gave us a little bit of clarity I guess in regards to spiritual matters how we approach things if we really understand who we are why we were created what our purposes are now on the earth but I'm not going to get into all that or else I'm going to start talking about that and I don't want to do that today. Um, because again, I'm just driving down the road wanting to record a, some thoughts. And This kind of originated while I was working today. Um, I was thinking about different verses that talk about the invisible things. We know that we're told that Jesus was the image of the invisible. I really like that. <coughs> Excuse me. I really like that phrase. I really like to think about that. That's just a really interesting idea. And I don't believe that Jesus was really just solely limited to the natural image. You know, the the invisible God that is spirit did take on the form of man and became visible. And so that is true. That that is a facet of that reality. He he was the actual natural image of the invisible eternal spirit God. That's true. But I believe there's more to it than that that you know, we believe, I believe, not everyone, of course, but many believe, and I believe personally, I can't speak for everyone, believe in the realms of of earth, if you will. I mean, even that's probably not a real appropriate way. There's realms, you know, there's, there's more to this life than what is seen. 
there's more than what my physical eyes are looking at right now as I drive down this highway and it's raining and there's a white car in front of me and I see trees and I see a stream I see mountains and although these things are tangible and real and absolute likewise is what I can't see you know the Bible is a very spiritual supernatural book um We know a lot of accounts of men. I've been thinking on this the last 48 hours of, you know, we, I'm one of the last podcasts I posted was talking about John, the revelator, as he was taken up in the spirit. In, In other accounts in the scriptures where there's that phrase of, so-and-so was in the Spirit. I've been captivated by that. And I've been thinking a lot about that. I have different experiences in my life that are kind of hard to uh, just really explain in a natural sense, in a, in a, in a strictly natural perception sense. It's hard to really appropriately explain or or even understand. So I've just kind of been asking myself, like, you know, I've been looking at a couple different verses about that. I haven't done word studies or or not yet. Um, uh, To find out what exactly that insinuated in the Spirit, or taken up by, or taken up in the Spirit. It's a very captivating idea, don't you think? Um, because we see what happened to these men who were in the spirit and like I think there's a lot of levels to that that are worth exploring um, and so I've just been thinking about uh, thinking about just the different reality of of worlds of realms seen and unseen we believe Anybody who's really like truly biblically sound has to give themselves to the supernatural realm of God's ordered creation. Um, You know, again, I, I don't believe in the good versus evil duking it out um, storyline that most people do ascribe to when they view even from a Christian perspective you know it's insinuated about the good versus evil battle Um, I don't see it that way at all but what I do believe um, is sound is just the general approach of of the different realms in which we live and and that we operate in and um, I think it would do us really good I think it would do us really good to give ourselves more to that reality of of realizing that that's in fact true. That although unseen, there is a lot going on in the spiritual realm of God's order. And the problem that herein lies, <laughs> we are so 
bound to what we see. We're so limited because we primarily operate in the natural. Can we not say that? We are a very natural being. Now, I don't believe it has to be that way. I don't believe that it's some curse necessarily like it has to be that way. We have to be limited to our natural senses. I don't believe that. I could go into a lot of experiences that I've had um, that began about 13 years ago that are very supernatural in nature where I saw a lot of things, I experienced a lot of things that were just very unexplainable and nothing I sought out, nothing I um, positioned myself to like understand or to experience, but just things I cannot explain nor excuse away as emotion or you know any other thing I might use to describe it that would be inaccurate. I mean, very profoundly moving, like sealed forever in my memory type experiences that I know originated in God and I know originated in something beyond myself that was for my good, that was something not just to stir in me a hunger for an emotion or a hunger for even the supernatural. You know, there's a lot of people who really bite down hard on that bait if they're ever in an experiential, um, whether it's a moment or a gathering or, you know, it comes in, in many ways. And people can really bite down hard on that. And like, boy, they get on that like supernatural um, signs and wonders, emotional bus. And boy, they just they just floor it and go. And it's a big bus. I mean, there's a lot of people riding that bus. And I praise God that I didn't get on that bus. Because I very easily could have. Because I experienced a lot of things that could have really distracted me. But I went through a very long season where that was pretty much removed from my life. And I know that I was probably primarily responsible in some ways. But looking back now... Let's see, it's, you know, we're talking 13 years ago, so I would have been 32. And I realize now I probably, spiritual, spiritually speaking, absolutely, my place in life, I wasn't really ready to maturely walk in that. I would have, I would have absolutely mishandled it. Because I had lived a life of rebellion. I mean, I've, I can go into great depths of explanation of like how, you know, you hear people's um, testimonies of like, well, I knew I was called to ministry when I was 10. And I don't, I don't want to be misunderstood as saying that, but like, I always knew, I always felt the call of God on my life. I always felt like, and I don't mean in a, in like a, a, a position. I don't mean like a you know, I just want to be careful that doesn't fall on someone's ears as meaning like, I knew I was called to be someone in the church from a young age. I'm not talking about that. I just mean like, I knew there was something more to my life when I was young. And 
I had decision-based experiences, free from any understanding, really. But in my attempt to try and in my attempt to do what I was told I needed to do, you know, I, I, I tried. But of course, as I got older, became, you know, like junior high and, man, absolutely, in high school, I was just wretched. I mean, I was just like, I was a liar. I was a thief. I was just riddled with addictions, driven by the lust of my flesh. I mean, like the poster child for that. But I always knew, and it was more than just guilt. It was more than just like a bad conscience. Now, scripturally, it was conscience-related. I do believe that that's the, that's the role of the Holy Spirit in a man's life, drawing, drawing one to God. Because He first loved us. He draws us unto Himself. But that being the case, like, I, I could never shake that, really. As bad as I became, as, like, sinful and rebellious and, like, obstinately ignorant, just doing everything geared towards myself, I always felt like there was just something I was forsaking, something I was exchanging for my depravity. Now, I buried it pretty deep. I mean, it was down, it was down several miles, buried beneath my myself, my flesh, my my own desires. But I knew, I always knew it was there. And so, I say that to say, like, as I truly encountered God, like in a way that I couldn't deny anymore, that I knew I would forever be different. I would forever be changed. I wouldn't just be better. I wouldn't just be, like, more equipped to make better decisions or live a godly life, whatever I, that, I thought that was back then. It was more than that. Like, I encountered God 13 years ago. And I had, I had known God before. And, I, and, I, and this is so funny, right? I want to say in my defense, I was a youth pastor for years. <laughs> As if that has anything to do with my spiritual condition. That is such a ridiculous thought that I would even have that today. Proof and evidence of how we still have these strongholds of our, of our like, um, like the outplays of our life somehow, somehow like define our spirituality. Because in my heart, I know that didn't mean anything. Good grief, I, that meant nothing. But I was doing something Christian-y, right? I mean, you're on staff at a church, Joel. Of course you had to be a godly man. Oh, how foolish. What an asinine, like, suggestion that is. Anyway. And I'm saying that from first-hand experience. I'm not being judgmental. I'm talking about myself. So anyway, 
my point was when I really when I really met God and I had this season of experiential supernatural realities in my life I'm so thankful today that it was a season it was a season that propelled me into becoming rooted and grounded and maturing and studying scriptures and writing and trying to give myself to find and become the expression of God on the earth, the church. And I gave myself to like true relationships incrementally along the way. And praise God for that because I could have been I could have been a million things. Let's not even go into that. I could have been so many things. And I'm nowhere near perfect right now, but praise the Lord, I'm not any of those things that I have in my imagination right now that I won't even share for the sake of time. So, I'm thankful for that time I had. I'm so thankful for that season. But it was not meant for me to just set up a tent and, and, and live there. But to not get away from my point, and I find I always do this, I, if you stay with me with these things, kudos to you. You, can, you have a very good attention span. Better than I. But we have to remember that there is a spiritual dimension, if you will, and that's no sci-fi talk, people. If you read your Bible, you cannot set aside in any measure the reality of the supernatural, unseen world. Where do we think angels operate? Where do we think demons exist and move and seek out bodies to indwell, to carry out the purposes of their kingdom in men? Because I'm driving along now, I'm, I'm a few miles from my house on a beautiful country road, and you know, I'm not, let's see, I'm, I'm not seeing any, there's a house right here, I don't see any demons knocking on that door. Is that one? Oh no, that's a goat. Okay? There's not demons walking the earth, they're disembodied spirits, right? They're, they're, they're unseen. Now I'm not saying that they can't be seen, but, but that's for another day, but Primarily speaking, we're talking about a realm that cannot be seen. And so, to get back to what we're saying, Jesus was the image of the invisible. There is an invisible, more than just an invisible God. There's an invisible realm. And miles back, I saw this sign that really cued me when I was already in a train of thought that I'm expressing right now. Somebody left their winter sign up with a little snowman on it and snow painted on it. Even though I'm I'm hopeful that winter's moving out. And um good grief, I can't remember what it said now. It's that it's one of those holiday hymns, holiday carols. Do you see what I see? 
and and to to just invite you into that moment of time when I saw that painting on that palette board. Do you see what I see? I was in the process of going through some things in my heart, some feelings, because I just met with someone that I consider a friend. And there's going to be some changes in his life, and I don't know if I'll be able to spend time with him like I presently do. I don't spend a lot of time with him, but he's somebody I really enjoy being with. And and although very, very, very limited, I, I enjoy being with him. And there's going to be some changes in our very minimal relationship that's just kind of just kind of stinks. Just kind of brought some sadness to my heart. And there's going to be some changes, very light changes. These are not of great utmost painful importance, but there're going to be some changes in my life because of that. And so I was just kind of bummed about it to be honest. And so I'm trying, as with anything, I was trying to just like see, just step back from my emotions and not ignore them or neglect them or pretend I don't have any, but to not be guided by them. So I just started thinking about, you know, I just was like, God, I don't see as you see. I just don't. It doesn't mean that I can't. It doesn't mean that there's not a level of finding the heart of God in a matter or seeing as he sees. He tells us, my thoughts are higher than yours. My ways are higher than yours. Yes. That doesn't make them entirely unattainable. That's just a matter of order and realizing and always remembering that he is high and lifted up and he lives in a high and holy place. But I was just really thinking about in this emotion of this questioning of like what is in front of me in several facets of my life because of this information that I learned about an hour ago. And so I started thinking about, you know, I don't know. May I not just be prone to think of it negatively because it kind of, well, this isn't how I wish this this would go. I, I don't like this. That that's okay. What if there's something within this that I don't yet see? Do you see as I see, that sign says? Well, no, Lord, I don't. I can't really. But I give myself to the unveiling as it comes. Because I don't see as you see. I see so limited. I see from my limited natural understanding So even in that reality, may we be a people who begin to exercise our faith to see as he sees, as it um, unfolds, as it comes to us, and give ourselves to that process of seeing as he sees as it comes. Whether it's with my son, who is seven, by the way. I referenced him the other day when I got all worked up, and I called him six. (laughs) My seven-year-old son, like, I don't yet see the things that we're in the middle of with training him. I don't yet see those things that I desire to see. But I know there's things going on within the hardships and within the trials and within the endless correction that is before us. 
that all of what we're doing today is unto something unseen. And what are, we, what are we told that faith is? I mean, is that not just like the practical, dialed-down reality of a man of faith? The unseen. Do you see what I see? Lord, I want to. I want to see. As you would unveil my eyes to see all these steps in my life, In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. As the Lord determines my steps, I will see as he sees. If I position myself with the perspective of my spiritual man, yielded to his will, I have a course. In my heart, I plan my course. That's not wrong, people. We're not called to just wing this life because we're men of faith. Hey, we just live wild abandon. No. You can be a man of faith and plan your course. But let the Lord determine our steps. Let the Lord determine and unveil things not yet seen as they come and then determine where my next foot goes down. Lift that leg and bring it in front of the other. All right, Lord, I'm putting it down here. Determine my steps. And so I've just been thinking about the spiritual reality of the invisible. There are so many things that we do not see. There's so many things that are as real as that tree In front of me. But yet. I'm not going to see them. In the same way. These are things that cannot be grasped. By natural perception. But we've got to learn to be a people. Who train ourselves. And practice. How to be. A spiritual man. As we in Jesus, become an image of the invisible God. Is this not part of that reality of how we enter into that? Is being men who aren't tossed to and fro, being men who aren't given over to deception, as being men who discern spirits, as being men who are not always looking about and following other Jesuses, which we were warned about. Be careful. This isn't the Jesus that you were taught. Are we walking in that spiritual man vision of things unseen, not guided by what our physical eyes see, not guided by our natural emotions and tendencies to waver and wander and look here and there with our spiritual inner man eyes. But being men who are set and sure and grounded rightly, not in some crazy, hokey, hyper-spirituality. I'm talking about like, Biblically sound understanding and approaching from an ordered basis that we are spiritual beings housed 
in natural flesh. This is not some new age teaching. This is the Bible. If this body is like grass that springs up and withers and gets blown away, and like a vapor that's here and then gone, should we not try to disengage from that type of being moved by those senses that guide that temporal flesh man body? Should we not try to feed our spiritual man? These are why, it's these types of things why I talk to people who actually have ears to hear. This is why there's not a television in my house. Not because I'm trying to be this super godly man and get that filth out of my home. I'm better than that. I know that if that's in my house, it will feed my natural tendencies. And I don't care how mature we are and how mature we say we can get. Well, I can control that. I only watch programs that are for my good. I think that's hogwash. I think that sets us up to fail. Because I could name so many experiences that I've seen of people who started with that idea. I can master this. I can master this in Jesus. And you know what? We might be able to for a season. We might be able to for years. But I've seen time and time again where as you start to see that little bit of a curve and your eyes get taken off of the spiritual realities and somehow, some way, the natural tendency of man begins to be interested again in something that is presented to it as an option. And this, my friends, is why we have to be careful of every single thing that we allow into our life into the lives of our children. This is why in my house we scrutinize a lot of things and we're viewed as very hard. There are people who believe my son is very deprived because he doesn't have video games. They really believe that he's deprived because he doesn't watch movies or cartoons. Are we really that juvenile in our spiritual thinking? Are we really so juvenile to think that my son is missing out on something that actually matters now? Because he doesn't have forms of entertainment that cater to the natural man, the visible the feelies. And so I had no intention of going there. And if you're still listening, then praise the Lord. If there is some way to track it, there's probably people that kind of fell off by now. <laughs> Pause. That's okay. If there's one person listening, if there's no one listening, this is true. For me, for my house, 
for my convictions, for my present understanding of what the call of God is upon a man. I want to live according to things uh, that are not seen. Do you see what I see, Joel? No, Lord, I don't. Help me, please. Teach me how to see. Teach me how to respond with that heart of flesh to your conviction, to your direction, to your heart in a matter. Even to the realities of the spiritual realm. May we not walk in in ignorance of this, people. May we not be ignorant of that. If we've been deceived to the point that we don't even know if there's really anything going on around us more than what we see, and we call ourselves according to the name of Christ, then we have a problem. Because it seems to me the church is either, in this age, the church is either like, There's the fascinated with the supernatural church, which all they want to do is to get a spiritual buzz and see angels and run around a room and hope that like gemstones from heaven start falling out of the sky and oil's dripping out of the hymnal. Or they're sitting there completely oblivious to any supernatural realities and just One to hear a good sermon preached because, amen, everybody needs to hear the gospel today for the hundredth time this year. So where are we, church? Where are you if you consider yourself a member, a a function, a representation of the church, the eternal church, what are you doing? What am I doing about these matters? Eternal, spiritual, unseen matters. So may we be stirred to wake up from our slumber. To even ask the Lord, what is it that you could be glorified and magnified and given a preeminent place in me more so right now than you were a moment ago if I give up and surrender? Because, brother, listen to what I'm saying. If your eyes are watching a TV show 30 minutes, one hour, two hours, every single night... For what? So you can sit there and chuckle while you eat some potato chips? Do we sit back and say, why am I doing this? And I'll answer my own question because this is the season I went through as I moved out of that and continue to in other areas. Because I'm not saying, hey, Everybody be just like me. I love college basketball. I love it. I enjoy watching basketball. I could do it every single day. But I don't because I know 
It is absolutely nothing. It is a hollow, empty activity. Do I enjoy it? Yes. Is it evil and wrong? No. But what is it for? Everybody is so preoccupied with every single ridiculous entertainment-based thing. Are people kneeling in the NFL? Well, I'm going to boycott NFL. And then all the Facebook friends that I have that boycott the NFL and are constantly raging against it, how it's ungodly, it's unpatriotic. You know what they're doing? They're boom, 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 boom. Every 10 minutes they're talking about Super Bowl commercials and how awesome they are or how bad they are or who just scored a touchdown or field goal or whatever. I don't buy it. We don't hate these things. We just want to stand up and fuss about something for a little while. We don't have convictions about these things. We can't hate something one minute and then sit there and watch it the next. Those cannot be synonymous. We don't hate it. It just stirs up our bees nest a little bit for a few minutes. Thank the Lord I'm not like super educated on culture and what's going on because that's probably all I talk about. Whatever the case, can we step back and look at things as a spiritual man? Because just because we are in Christ, like if we are truly regenerated new creations, no longer I that live people, we cannot be solely, primarily, only focused on the natural realities of life. We have got to give ourselves to the invisible. We have got to give ourselves to looking behind the veil of things in our lives that have been masked and hidden. And we don't even know what we're giving ourselves to. So that's my prayer from my house all the time. Lord, help me to see. I know I'm ignorant and blind and deceived in different areas of my life. The way I love my wife, the way I parent my son, the way I love these brothers here, the way I, I think on matters that have undergirded thoughts and patterns that originate in the first Adam and the spirit and way of Cain. I know those things are in me. They are not just magically gone, no, nor will they just magically go away because I'm in Jesus. These are inherent qualities of a natural man. I must put them off. I have to put them off. The scriptures talk about that. Put it off like a piece of clothing. Take it off. It is an action. And then we're told all the things to put on.
So Lord, help us to be those people. Help us to be people who are given to turning off these things in our natural vision, our natural thoughts, our natural approaches to everything we do. May we not calculate everything according to our natural perception. Because God, you are spirit. I've been invited to worship you in spirit and in truth. Jesus, you were the image of the invisible. And as I said a few episodes ago, and I'm going to say it all the time, natural man Jesus isn't coming to my house tonight. But Holy Spirit indwells me. A spiritual reality. God in a man. So Lord, I must have eyes to see what is and what is not. So Lord, help us. Help us to like be so set and sober to give ourselves to these things so that we're not deceived in our generation, so that we raise up children who are not deceived to think that just what they feel and what they see with their natural eyes is what is real. Lord, help us. Train us unto your purposes so that we can see as you see. Amen.